Well, for those of you guys who haven't been here before, welcome. It's exciting to see you guys here. Uh, usually how Calvary Chapel goes is we go verse by verse through the Bible. Um, we won't be doing that this morning. I'm not going to rain on uh, Sean's parade. He's already got Exodus taken care of, so we'll let him keep going. So we're going to go a little bit out. Um, we're going to do more of a topical, but we're going to be in Mark 10 this morning and going through. And the, the title is going to be Connecting with Jesus or How to Connect with Jesus. And so let's just go ahead and let's pray for the U-turn guys and, and just for what the Lord wants to speak to us this morning. Lord, we thank you. What an awesome thing it is to just be in your hands. And like Tom said, just that you're always there. No matter how far we walk away, we turn around and you're still there. And we just praise you for that, Lord. You, you are an awesome God to us, and we are very undeserving. And uh, we just want to praise you, because there's no other religion out there. There's no other thing that man's thought up that can even come close to what you do for us, Lord. You know, everything else is, is all about us and what we can do and how what we can achieve. And, and you've taken all that away, that pressure and uh, that burden, Lord. And we just thank you so much for uh, doing what you do for us and blessing our lives and, and just loving us as much as you do. And Lord, I want to lift up these U-turn guys to you as they continue to pursue you and wherever their heart is, Lord, the ones that have just come into the program and still maybe even battling against what you want them to do, Lord, I pray that you would just take that away from them. The ones that are seeing that it is absolutely an awesome thing, that they can trust you and they know that you love them. And Lord, they continue in that and be reminded. And for the guys that are about to get out, Lord, I pray for them, just as the enemy is going to attack them so hard as they get out and want them back. So I ask that you just guard them, Lord. Put other believers in their lives that will be there for them, people that will be continually praying for them, Lord, and they find a fellowship and some service that they could be a part of. And, uh, Lord, the guys that are out right now, um, we just pray for them to continue to stay strong, Lord. Pray for the leaders of U-Turn, um, Lord, the things that they need to go through and that you're taking them through, Lord, as they build their character and you build them up as good leaders. I just pray for them that they wouldn't... Uh, they, they, they would keep steadfast in your work, Lord, that you'd give them that strength that they need and uh, just that perseverance and, and just live that holy life so they can be a great example um, and like what you've done for us, Lord. Lord, we're going to lift up what you're going to teach us this morning. Lord, I pray, of course, that you speak through it because it it, it's just it's you. We're going through the Scripture. We're going to learn more about you, and we really want to know how to connect with you. We're so good at connecting with everything else in this world right now. And, uh, Lord, if we need to be, you know, taught over again on what we're supposed to be doing with you, so be it, Lord. Reminded, um, Lord, I pray that you just bring encouragement this morning, an exciting new desire just to chase after you so hard. And uh, just pray for the, the time uh, that you bless it, Lord, and just speak through me. In your name I pray, amen. All right. So, Sean asked, and, and I was excited. I, I because it was the day before I was going back through some of my notes, and I was able to go to Rocky Mountain to their high school and teach at one of their camps. And I, I came across the notes again, and I was like, ah, oh, that'd be such a great thing to be able to teach up front. And the next day, Sean goes, hey, tell me the truth. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we're still friends. I didn't even know he was going to ask, but then uh, he asked, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. So we'll see how it goes. If this seems a little bit more to the high schoolers, hey, you know, it's all good, right? I went back through, and we we're, we're going to go through on what God did, but it's such a neat thing in what he challenged those high scores, and I think it totally applies to us and what we can do nowadays, because connecting is a big part of our lives now, isn't it, today? Um, you know, connecting on the internet, and connecting through whatever your phone, connecting to this, connecting to that, connecting to this relationship, connecting to this community, it's a lot about connecting. With all that busyness and all that other connecting that's going on, sometimes we forget that we are falling away from connecting with Jesus Christ, the most important thing that's going to drive everything else in our life. And so just to refocus this morning on what are we doing, the challenge, like what are we doing with God, how are we trying to connect with him? And just a little bit of my testimony, and some of you guys have heard it, I, I don't share it too often, but just my testimony, growing up in a Christian home, uh, I was 
conditioned in how to connect with Jesus, if you want to look at it that way. Not as an evil thing my parents did, it's just as you grow up in a Christian home, you know the things you're supposed to do. You know, you know the religion you're supposed to be a part of. You know all the right answers to everything and what you're supposed to say. And so you can get away with a lot. You know, people will tell you, oh, you're such a good guy. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> I know I am on the outside. <laughs> I am so wicked on the inside. You don't even know. You know, and you go through this struggle, and it's a horrible thing because you're, totally, you're playing this game. Uh, you want to please your parents. You want to be a part of a great community. You want to be these things. You really do desire to after, fall after Jesus Christ, but you've set yourself up to where it's about, what am I going to do? How do I strive to connect with him? Um, you know, and you, you, you just go after it, go after it, go after it. I really wanted to make my parents proud, um, you know, and have them something to boast over. But there's so much sin in my life that I was able to cover up, and, and it wasn't being dealt with because I was terrified because it would expose me. You know, and that's what a lot of us will go through is that we'll get into this mode where we get so far along to where we've been that good Christian on the outside, but then on the inside, it's wicked. It's ugly, and we're terrified that it's going to be exposed. Not because we have to deal with it, just because of the sheer embarrassment of what we've already set ourselves up to look like. But the thing is, when we reconnect with Jesus Christ, it's such an awesome thing because he's so merciful and so gracious, isn't he? We go back to him, and like Tom said, he's just right there waiting for us. And it's so good to reconnect with him and have him deal with what's going on. Getting to go through and, and deal with that process. And so, as we're going, going along, you know, in my own relationship with him, I wanted to have a place where I knew he was working in my life. And so, as I graduated from high school, I told my parents I'm going off to Bible college, because that was the right thing to say, right? Make them proud. But my, my, I was going to go out to California, because that's where there was a good punk scene. And I was going to go out there and I was going to try all the drugs out there. You know, I was going to go out there, go sleep around. The reason for it was, though, because I wanted God to come and rescue me, because I never had that line in my life. I never had this, this crazy testimony that everybody came to my Christian school and told me about, that here's what life was before Jesus Christ, here's what it looks like after Jesus Christ. I didn't have that. So there's a lot of questions. It was like, am I really with him? You know, and these things. So I was going to go out there and have that line drawn. And then fortunately, God sent me Shelly. I know, it's sweet. You can go, ah. <laughs> and kind of got my vision somewhere else. Um, sin wasn't dealt with yet, and I was still really trying on my own power to do the right thing, but it was cool that he took me away from that, and just in his grace, I didn't end up going there and having to deal with that. Um, but just that, that strive, I really wanted to connect with him. I wanted such an, a, a great relationship with him, and I felt that it, I hadn't gotten that through my life, that I was chasing after my parents trying to do what they did because they're great, awesome people and awesome Christians, and I wanted that, but I was trying it all through my own means. And so as I went on and trying to connect with him, it was really cool that later on, and I'll share this in just a little bit of what I ended up doing in my life. But before we get there, I mean, the biggest question is, I think we can ask ourselves, is why connect with him? Why would we want to connect with Jesus? And I know, there's the answers right away. You're like, okay, I know the Christian answers to this. <laughs> like, I want, to, I want to connect with Jesus because I want to be a part of a community, right? I want to be a part of a community, like, I love being a part of this church. I love being part of people that are like-minded, that, that have the same views, worldview as me. I love that part of it. Um, it's because I'm supposed to. Why would I want to connect with Jesus? Because I'm supposed to connect with Jesus. That's what I've been told. I'm supposed to do it. And so I'm going to go through that process of, with the thing I'm supposed to do. The next one I would say, and I only have a few of them, but because I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> I want to connect with Jesus because I'm terrified. I know I heard that story, and I don't want to go there. So that's why I want to connect with him, because I'm out of this fear. A lot of the times when we look at Jesus Christ and we're looking at why do we want to get that relationship, that deep relationship with him, 
you know, even in these three that I gave, and you guys can have other examples, but really, these, these things have one thing in common when we go through them. It's about you. It's about me. In the sense that it, it's about us, that it's about my emotions, it's about my feelings, so I want to be a part of a community because I want to feel that security, right? I want, I want to feel like I'm right in some kind of case. Um, it's about the feelings, you know, I want to make sure that I'm okay with God, because everybody's telling me I need to be with Jesus, and so I want to, I want to feel okay about that. And then the other one is that, that I want self-worth. Like, I can't get it from this world, and I've been told Jesus can give me that self-worth, and so that's what I'm going to do. I'm just, I'm just terrified. I don't want to be burned. <laughs> I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to have that eternity. But each one of these is all either self-preservation or it's something that's focused on self, isn't it? Like, they're, 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 they're legit things, but the reason why we should be chasing after Jesus and wanting to connect with him is because that we want him to be Lord and Savior of our lives. That's why he died on the cross. All these other things that happen, this great community we get to be a part of, yeah, that's, that's Jesus all the way. We get to be a part of that because of what he did, right? We don't have to go to hell. Awesome, because we believe in Jesus Christ. We get to be with him and live that life with him. These are all byproducts, but the thing is, at first it has to come as Jesus Christ absolutely has to be Lord and Savior of our lives, doesn't he? That's why he died on the cross. And that's one of the things I think that we get really trapped into thinking is that we, we really come into self and like, here's all the things that I need from Jesus. When he's like, uh, <laughs> I'm your Savior and I'm your Lord, guys. I want to rule your lives. I have a perfect plan for you. Let me take over. Let me do this. And so, like I said, when I got to be 20 years old, it was this place where it was a choice. And it was one of those things where it was like, okay, I get this now. And I hadn't been baptized before because I thought it was just a religious exercise. You know, even being raised in a Christian home, youth pastor, parents, all that. They were, they were, it was great. They let me choose. But I came to the point of understanding what that meant. That as I go under that water, that's the old life. It's dying. It's dead. It no longer exists. And when I come up out of that water, and this is what I told the church I got up in front. And it was a Baptist church, so it was totally legit. I got baptized in Baptist church. <laughs> right? Received the Spirit in, in a four square. All right? <laughs> Got my methods down in the Methodist church. I've been on all of them, so I'm all good. <laughs> got the bases covered. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. <laughs> but anyways, I got up there and I said to them, I wanted the congregation to know, like, this is such a serious thing to me. As soon as I come up out of this water, my life is absolutely his. I've only given him half of it up until then. I desire to be so strong with him and do that, and I was doing all my own work, and I finally understood I have to give it all and believe that he did die on the cross for me. Not just a historical Jesus died on the cross for me, but he absolutely died, and now I've been rescued from that sin. I don't need to enter into it because he's already taken care of it. Just like we were talking about Nate, right? On Thursday? Yep, it was good. Just like looking at what Jesus, what that means. So as we try to connect with Jesus, I don't want to just say, hey, this is what we're supposed to do because we know that's what we do, but Mark gives us a great example, a great insight on how to do that. How do we connect with Jesus? How do we get that relationship with him? There's three things we'll go through. It's going to be simple. We connect simply with him. We connect wholeheartedly with him, and we connect humbly with him. Simply, wholeheartedly, and humbly with Jesus Christ. So that first one, let's go ahead and read in Mark chapter 10, verse 13 through 16. I love this, ver- this part of scripture. It, it's, it's a different, it like all of a sudden just stops everything else that's going on to focus on the little kids. Then they brought little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, 
He was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them in his arms, and he laid his hands on them, and he blessed them. And so as we tear apart these these scriptures, just looking at it, the thing, the cultural deal was, is that kids, they weren't anything in society, right? They weren't given anything to that culture, that society, that civilization at that time. So kids, what did they have to offer? They were stinky, right? <laughs> they cried. You guys, they didn't have diapers back then, just heads up. Okay, so this is probably why the disciples are like, no, he can't sit on your lap. <laughs> no, we're not putting the babies there. Can't do that. Kids were just, they were, they were gross, just straight up. Have you guys ever been to another country, foreign country, where they don't use diapers? Okay, they just they kind of run around, do their thing. That's kind of this, this whole thing with what they're talking about. Because when I was going through and studying, and I'm like, why wouldn't the disciples want little kids? I mean, we would all. Would you guys ever forbid a child to go up and sit on Jesus' lap? No, we'd be like, get the kids together. We're going to see Jesus. You know, it's better than Santa Claus. <laughs> We're going to set him up there. It's a thing that there's no way. And so when we come across this kind of scripture, we're like, what in the world's going on? What is it? Why wouldn't they? And it's because of the place of children in society then. There, there wasn't anything they're contributing to the society. And so there wasn't any worth there according to the disciples. So there's all these other people that are around him that need things done. The disciples at this point have been walking with Jesus. They've seen him do awesome things. They've kind of gotten to this deal where, you know, hey, these people come up sick. Jesus is going to heal them. He's going to talk about their sins. And he's going to do some profound thing that we don't understand. We'll have to ask him about later. Some parable he'll throw in there. And so they kind of got the rhythm of things. And now here the kids come in. And the parents are like, please bless my child. Please bless them. And so they said no. And they rebuked those who came up and who brought them. But Jesus saw it. And he was greatly displeased. And he said to them, let the, little ones come, let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. So it's awesome because Jesus is going to take this opportunity to show them, this is what I want. This is who I want in my kingdom. I want simple. I don't need this whole religious thing or this thing that's thought out or any of that stuff. I want somebody that feels like they aren't worth it. I think that's so cool we can take away from that. He's not looking for people that think they're worth it. Right? You know Why? Not because we're trying to over-humbleize ourselves and be like, yes, I'm so humble, I'm not worth it. No, it's because Jesus paid a heavy price and it was absolutely worth it. So he already knows the worth. He already knows the worth. And so he's like, don't tell them they can't sit up here. I don't need them to act out anything. I don't need to be this, this whole thing of part of society and they're donating or we're doing this stuff to it. I don't need that. I want somebody that's simple. Bring the children. And you guys should act like the children when you come to me. Then he goes on and he says, Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. What does he mean by that? Well, you guys know kids, right? I mean, if you're a person like me that jokes around a lot and has sourkism, it's fun to find a gullible kid. Just saying. <laughs> you can like have fun all day long. You don't even have to go to the movies. <laughs> just have fun with them. Now, my kids, they're hard. Some people try to drink my kids and they just look at them like, whatever, because I already ruined them. They don't, even, <laughs> they don't trust anybody. If somebody, I don't remember who it was the other day. I was joking with my kids, and they're like, they're not going to trust anybody. I was like, exactly. <laughs> don't trust anybody. No. <laughs> Probably bad parenting. But anyways, just looking at kids, they trust so much. They, have, they, they believe in such big, powerful things, 
And it's so fun to watch him, isn't it? And Zoe, I'm glad you're in here because I get to talk about you as a little four-year-old. She's out in the front yard. Me and my wife are sitting up on the porch. And our little four-year-old, and you got to, oh, she's just great. Chubby cheeks and everything, running up and down the sidewalk, looking up in the air and super excited, getting more excited every pass that she takes back and forward to us. And we're like, what in the world is she doing? And we're like, Zoe, what are you doing? She's super excited. She's like, I can move the moon. <laughs> and we're like, what? I can move it. Watch. And she runs back down, looks up at the moon, and then runs back over, looks up. See? <laughs> what was going on? There's a tree right there. So, you know, she goes on this side. Now the moon's kind of like closer to the tree. She comes back over here. Now it's over there. The powers, right, of kids. <laughs> it was just awesome to see that because she was totally convinced that she had this. And, and it's so innocent, isn't it? It's exciting. It's so much fun to watch that kind of thing. Um, and that's what Jesus is wanting. He's just wanting this trust to happen. He wants to give a gift. That's why it says receive in there. God's given us an awesome gift. But so many times we have so many questions. What is this going to do? What is this going to do for me? How is this going to ruin my other relationships? Am I going to have to change? What am I going to have to believe in? I, don't, I, I can believe in some of those things, but like pretty much all of Genesis, I'm going to have to skip over that. Maybe that was just figurative. And then Revelation, we're going to have to do the same thing. It's just poetic. Right? Take here and, and leave this and that. And that's how people do it. It's, there isn't this full trust. There isn't this full on, yeah, I can move the moon. <laughs> you know, there isn't this, I can conquer big, you know, this, this whole focus on, yes, God, I will absolutely trust in you and know that what you're saying is absolute truth. Now, there's a huge attack against there. That isn't there nowadays. Absolute truth. Huge attack. I've been reading this book about the rise of the nuns, not the Catholic nuns. Okay, they're not on, <laughs> they're not rising. <laughs> The N-O-N-E-S, okay, nuns. And what I mean by that is because it's, they have the, if you're going to give somebody a checklist and say, what religion do you belong to? They go to none. Like, I don't, I don't care. And that's where a lot of the society, and this isn't just like millennials or Gen Z or any of that. It's actually happening in all generations. It's this big move, and it's mostly here in the States, but what's going on is that they don't even care anymore. Like a person that was an atheist three years ago, if you ask them again, they're like, you know, I haven't even thought about it anymore. I don't really don't care. I don't care if there's a God. I mean, and then what they go is, I'm a spiritual person, but I'm absolutely not religious. And that's where I'm kind of at. So deal with it. And the reason that they're going there is because without absolute truth, guess what? Truth becomes subjective, which means you get to apply it to yourself. Whatever you find to be true is true. You guys have heard that. Whatever is true for you is true for me, right? Or no, it's not that way. <laughs> Whatever's true for you is true for you, and whatever's true for me is true for me. That's how it goes. Now there's a next move, and there's this thing called the wickality, like Wikipedia, wickality, or like a truthiness is another word that a comedian deemed, truthiness. But what wickality is, is okay, Wikipedia, if you guys don't know how it works, you can throw in an idea or, or a truth you believe about a certain thing, right? And if there's enough people, a collective group of people that also agrees on that, that is truth now. So now the next push is, it's not just individual, but it's what is true for us is true for us, and what's true for them is true for them. So now you have a group of people concluding that 2 plus 2 equals 5. And we don't care what you have to say. I mean, how, how are you going to tell a group of us that that's not true? Like, we're a group. <laughs> it's not just an individual crazy person. It's, it's, we're all together. So what's going on is now it's this whole truth is subjective to the person, and they can end up choosing what they want of God. They can choose whatever they want from other religions to mix in. And why would there be anybody that would come along and tell me that's not right? What, what business is you? This is my life. 
And it's a sad push, and it's actually, they're arguing that it's going to be a, a harder strike against Christianity than what atheism was. Because it's so hard to go, you know, and talk, and, and talk some, you know, like, where do you go with that? Well, I want to tell you about the Bible. Why? <laughs> I don't believe it. I mean, there's some cool stuff in there I think you can take out of, but you know, Buddha did, and, and the Bible took from Buddha as well. That's what they'll say. I'm not saying this is what I believe, but, you know, it's just all mixed up now. And what's going on is that truth is so screwed up and messed up, and the enemy's done such a great job of it, that when you come to this place where you can absolutely tr- trust somebody, it's a hard deal to do, right? It's hard to receive what Jesus Christ wants to give us absolutely without questions and wondering, well, great, my life's going to be taken over and I'm not going to you know, have any control. Exactly. Right? Because you've done such a great job. I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, that's what I challenge somebody that says, you know, they're, they're very much into um, their own way and, and what their spiritual journey is. And then I ask them, well, who is the supreme, you know, if you want power in your life? Like, who, who is the person you answer to? Well, myself. Okay, is there anything in your life that you've said you did not want to do and you did? Because here's the thing, the scripture says very clearly that everybody's a slave to sin that's not in Jesus Christ, right? So you can, get, you can go right there. Okay, has there been anything you haven't wanted to do? Like maybe cuss out your kid. Well, yeah, I've not wanted to do that. Well, have you? Yes. You failed yourself. You failed. So you need somebody else to step in. And God's there. God is there to step in. That's why he has Jesus Christ. So that first one, connecting simply with Jesus Christ is just going before him as a child, receiving that gift and just saying, you know what, I don't know. I'm scared. Be honest with him. I'm scared what this is going to do, but I, will, I trust you. I trust you, and I want to know more about you. I want to get involved. I want to be that little kid that's just ready. Like, let's go, Jesus. So that first one, simply. Now the next one. The next one's a really hard one. This is one, and it's one that we fool ourselves into thinking that we've gotten a hold of, too. This is one of those ones that it's very dangerous, and I want to encourage you guys as we go through this scripture, let the Holy Spirit speak to you guys that if there is something in the way of you and Jesus and you having that deep relationship with him, that you get it out of the way. Just get it out of the way and be honest about what it is because there's so many times we can cover it up and that's how this guy is. So the rich young ruler is the next part that Mark goes through in this chapter. In verse 17 of chapter 10 of Mark, it says in verse 17, Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. And then Jesus goes on and says, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and he said to him, teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. Now you have to understand, this guy's coming in there. Back then you did not say good teacher, you didn't say good rabbi to the rabbis because what that meant was basically you're saying perfect rabbi. Okay, that's, that's the word meaning there. That's why Jesus was like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa let's, let's deal with something right here. And it wasn't that Jesus was rejecting him, calling him good, but it was he wanted to go back and let's, let's, let's see this. What did you just call me? And that's why he goes and attributes back to there's only one that's good, only one that's perfect, that's God. Now, what's the motive behind this guy? He's coming up, he wants to know, well, he's heard about Jesus, right? You know he has. So he wants to go up and check and see if he's all good with God. Are we good, Jesus? You guys done that? You go and have that time with him? Are we okay, Jesus? Because here's the things I've been doing. You know, I haven't missed a Sunday. 
I missed a Wednesday one time, but I know you forgive. We're all good, right? I've been doing this, Lord. You know, the other day when that person went after me, I just stood there and I took it. You proud of me? And you bring all this stuff to him and you go up and say, Lord, are we good? That's kind of what this guy's doing. Jesus, are we, are we good? Because I know you're good. <laughs> so I just want to see if we're, you know, I'm, I'm close to being like that with you. And so Jesus starts right away. And he asks him, and he goes through this list. And you can just see this guy there checking off the list. Yep. Yeah, I haven't committed adultery. Check. All right. Good. I haven't murdered. Yep. I haven't stole for a while. I haven't <laughs> bore false witness to fraud. You know, I've been honoring my father and my mother. I take care of them. I do all this. And so you got to understand this guy's probably like, yes. Yes, me and Jesus are tight. Like, I've been doing what God's asked me to do. I'm good with God. Now, Jesus, at this point, what could he do to this guy? He could destroy him, couldn't he? He could go right through his life. He could, he could reveal everything that this guy's done wrong. He could reveal everything that goes on in this guy's mind and just completely bring this guy down, couldn't he? But he doesn't do that, which is so good. That's one of those trust things that we can go to Jesus Christ, guys, because he's not going to do that to you. Instead, he wants to get to the heart issue of what the problem is. And that's the thing is, if you guys really are going before Jesus Christ and just laying it all out in front of him and saying, you know what, tell me what's wrong. What's keeping us apart? What am I doing wrong, Lord? Be prepared because you're going to get right to the heart of the issue. And we'll start sometimes excusing that away or giving excuses of why it's been that way. Right? Because that's how the world kind of teaches us to do. You're this way because of this. Not you're this way because you're a sinner. But it's this in your life, and so it's really their fault that this is the way you are. It's, it's your fault that you, you know, you're a part of this certain race, and so that's why you're a little bit more hot-headed. It's like, no, that's sin. <laughs> that's sin in your life. And as we come to Jesus, we get to see that. And so this guy comes to him, and Jesus, it's so awesome what he does here in verse 20, and he says, and he answered, and he said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth, and Jesus says in verse 21, then Jesus looking at him, and what? He loved him, didn't he? See, this is a big difference with love. And I think we can take an example from this as we deal with people that maybe have wronged us. Because you know this guy is not perfect. Jesus gave him the ones that he knew the guy was good at. But he loves the guy. And he brings him really close, and he wants to draw him close. And so he says, one thing you lack. You know, he very pointed. Here's the thing, here's the problem. Here's the thing that's not going right. Go your way and sell whatever you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. So Jesus went right to the heart of the issue. He didn't go off on all these guys' sins and, and tell them, hey, here's where your sins are. And what that would do with this guy is he's like, okay, I need to clear up these things in my life. Here's what I need to be better at. You know, so, so I have treated this person in anger. And so I need, to, I need to do better next time. And that's not what Jesus was saying. He's like, I want all your heart. There's something that's in your life right now that's taking place of where I'm supposed to be. And here's what it is. And unfortunately, and I hope it's not this way with us, that we don't go away sad. That when we actually fall down before Jesus and are honest with him and say, search my heart, oh God, I want to see where I'm messing up, that when he says, here's the one thing that's going on between me and you, that it's dealt with. We don't go away sad. It's a horrible thing when, when you lack that one thing, and that's how you're going to deal with it. Now, 
this guy, as he went into this process, you know, he's really looking as the good guy. And how many of you heard that I'm a good person? You challenge somebody and they're like, I'm a good person. But you really ask, well, when your relationship was with Jesus Christ, is, is it a good person that inherits eternal life? Is it a good person that inherits eternal life? Is it a good person that connects with Jesus? Now, that's where I, I'm saying that it gets scary because sometimes we'll falsely think that that's what's happening because we're doing these right things. But when Jesus says to him and he, he gives him and just says, I need you to give it all up. I need you to give it all up. Now, it looks at first when we go through that scripture, it looks like, okay, his problem is, is that he's got these possessions, so he needs to give that up because that's his idol. But you might miss something else that Jesus says to do after that. Here, I want you to remain connected with me. Here's the one thing you lack. Here's the thing that needs to get out of the way so that me and you can have a relationship. And then here's how I want you to continue in that relationship with me. I want you to pick up the cross. <laughs> oh, why did Jesus have to say that part? That's one of the hardest ones for us, isn't it? A lot of you guys in this room, you guys have given up that one thing, and it's awesome. You guys have an awesome relationship with Jesus Christ now, don't you? You've seen him do awesome, powerful things in your life. You've seen him change things in your life. You've seen him change you. Your character is much different than when you were younger, right? All the glory to God. You gave up that one thing he asked you. But then, where is the relationship now? Have you picked up that cross? Are you following after him to connect with him? And are you letting him be Lord over your whole life? Because that's where he wants that. That's why Jesus wants our whole heart. It's because it goes back to, yes, he's Savior. And how, how exciting is it to, uh, to tell him he's our Savior, right? We could sing that all day. Yes, you saved me. You're so good to me. And then we were just singing a song today. He's Lord of Lords. He's Lord of us, right? Is that true? You know what Lord is, right? Ruler? Is he ruling your life? Is he the one on the throne? And that's what we look at as we go through. He wants all of our heart. He doesn't want this, I've given you part of my life. Here's some of it. I kind of like this thing still. And I'm just that way. That's just the way I was raised. That's, that's just the way my dad was or my mom was. So you can't expect me to leave that. But he wants us to give everything up. And then he goes to that place and he wants us to die to self. Die to self. Pick up that cross. To connect with him humbly. And that's when we're going we're gonna to jump over into Mark chapter 8. Because it talks a little bit more about picking up the cross. So if you guys go back a couple pages. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. You know, there's a lot of times that we think we got it all figured out and we know it all. And you guys, I won't even say it this morning again, but you guys know that little joke I gave about the teacher, the confident teacher, and the kids that came up with the, the different gifts. And if you don't know it, you can ask me afterwards. <laughs> but it's, she gets what she's not expecting, and, and it's one of these things that she thought she knew she was, what the, it was all about and finds out in the end it wasn't true. So... Just having that as we come to the cross and making sure that we're not coming in this heart of we already got this done, we know what's going to happen, we know how to do this, we've been through this before, but we come humbly and we go to that cross and we get it like Jesus says. So in chapter 8, verse 34, it says, When he had called the people to himself and his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Talking about this rich man, right? If he gains the whole world and loses his own soul. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever, 
is ashamed of me and my words is an adult is words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him the son of man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels and so as he goes through and he's talking to him about what is it to pick up the cross now you guys have to remember he hasn't been crucified at this point so this has got to be pretty different with these disciples as he's walking through with this with them they know what the cross is okay that was that horrible time in 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 history where they tortured people in one of the worst ways ever with the Romans, and you guys can go and research how bad it was and what he had to go through. But with this, Jesus asked him, I want you guys to take this up. This is a way that you're going to connect with me because you're going to pick up your cross and you're going to follow after me. You're going to deny yourself. Your, your, your self-life is dead, and I'm going to ask you to do that so you guys can stay with me. And then he goes on and talks about what it's been exchanged for. Now, as people, if we believe that we're a good person, and, and this kind of relates back to the guy, the rich man, if we believe we're a good person, if we believe that we have succeeded in life, if we believe uh, that being good is enough, if we believe that we have power, guess what Jesus is going to do? It's a great humbling experience. He's going to bring you that cross, isn't he? He's going to bring you that cross to say, here, remember? You need to pick this up and you need to follow me. You need to die to self. It needs to be done. Now, the cross, and I'm going to make clear on this because here's what's happened a lot of times is that the cross has been portrayed in a way that's not scriptural. The cross has been portrayed in a way that it's this burden that you have to carry in life. So some people say it's just my, my cross to bear. So we're saying maybe like an illness. That's just my, bear, that's my cross to bear. Or a social problem or a messed up relationship. Something along those lines that that's, what I, that's my, my cross to bear. But it wasn't that. It wasn't this burden and something that God's put on you so that you can have to suffer through something like that. That's not what it's talking about. Because that's not what's bringing death to self. Now sometimes those things will bring it because you'll start seeing what life is about and start refocusing. But the cross and what it meant back then, when a person saw a cross, when a Roman person saw a cross, it meant death, right? Like that's the end of it. Death is coming. And then what they would do is they would make that person carry that cross through the streets, right, to go to the place where they're going to die. So along the way, they're going to get ridiculed for whatever they've done. And so you have this cross, this example is that you, this death that's being carried, this death to self that has to take place. And so again, Jesus wants all of us, and he wants all of these guys to understand that the way to get beside him, the way to connect with him is to get that cross and pick it up and carry it. Back in this scripture right here, and it says in verse 36, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful nation, generation of him, the Son of Man, will be ashamed when the Father comes in the glory, or when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Now, I found it interesting in verse 37, where it says exchange, Right? Does that mean he had something? It means you, you're giving up something. You're changing it out for. So when Jesus Christ saves us from the life that we had and we pick up that cross and all of a sudden something else comes along in life and we exchange it. You know what that does to the cross? Makes it pretty cheap, doesn't it? Makes the cross pretty cheap. We have to be careful what we're going and we're getting ourselves into and, and, the, and the different things that we walk away from Jesus Christ because we're making that cross cheap. 
Another way that I've looked at it is as we go through and we sin in life, it's like we take off that sin off the cross. It's like, Jesus, thank you so much for dying for my sins. I want to praise you through these songs. I want to praise you from you know, doing this. I just love and adore you. But there's one sin I'd like to take back off that cross that you died for. It makes it cheap. And it's a sad thing that we ended up doing with our relationship with Jesus Christ because of where it goes with us and what we understand. Now, when we get into the cross and we see it, it's not just this religious symbol. It's not something, guys, that we just look at as, okay, I'm so glad he did that for me. Historical Jesus is awesome. And what I mean that is that this guy actually died for my sins. But what is that meaning for now? What is that looking like? I think we need to go over to Romans 6. This is one of my favorite scriptures, Romans 6, because I think it details out. And this is one of those scriptures that when I was 20 years old that I came across and finally understood what it meant to go right after him and to chase after him. Romans 6, verse 3. You know, and this is that whole part where Paul, he's about to go into, you know, things that I want to do, I don't do. Uh, Jerry Green taught on this on Thursday night with the U-turn guys. is awesome. Um, just all these different things that we want to do, but we can't do. Uh, the things that we don't want to do, we end up doing. And this whole conflict that goes between the spirit and the flesh. And right before Paul gets into that, he, he sets it up and he talks about how we're dead to sin, we're alive to Jesus Christ, we're alive to God. In verse 3 it says, Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ, we were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that Jesus as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, and the body of sin might be done away with, and we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. And so we look at those scriptures and we say, wow, that's, that's, that's pretty profound. I'm having a problem with sin in my life. Guess what, guys? Die. Isn't that what it's saying? Now, the thing I love about this, because it talks about, okay, we're dead. That old man gets buried with Jesus Christ, but then even the more exciting thing is, and we just went through this last week, raise the newness of life with him, right? That it's this resurrection process that has to take place. And I love it, and we've talked about this before. I think it's over in Ephesians, but that resurrection had to take place. Because here's the thing, is that we're dead in our sins, yeah? Do you guys know what a dead person? It's pretty gross. Hope you guys have never experienced that. But there's no movement. There's nothing there, right? After a little bit of time, that dead person starts stinking. Have you guys ever started stinking your sin? Right? Get pretty stinky? Well, here's the thing. that Some people want to apply religion to that and say, okay, here's the things you need to do, dead person. I want you to start going to church. I want you to start saying these certain things. The whole time they're telling them all these laws and these rules on what you need to do to be a good Christian, guess what? They're dead. Have you guys ever seen a dead person do anything? They don't. <laughs> that's why it's so ridiculous, and that's why God takes this example in talking about the death in the way that, you guys, nothing's going to happen in the life unless there's a resurrection that takes place. Right? We have to be brought back to life. That's what Jesus is talking about. So that old man is dead. It's done away with. There isn't anything we can apply to it and throw at it to say, hey, get up and be a better person. Be that good person. And that's where the world is so off because now, without absolute truth, 
what they're doing is they're throwing all this subjective truth at it, all these ideas that they have, all these opinions that they have to try to raise that dead person, to try to get this dead person to be better. And the thing is, the longer it's dead, the longer it stinks, right? And Jesus Christ comes along and he gives us this awesome example and what he's done for us and what he's trying to tell this other guy too, this young, rich young ruler, that you've got to die. That's the only way something's going to change. You have to be raised back to life. I'm the only one that has the power to do that. Jesus Christ, right? He's the only one that has the power to do that. But he first had to go through the process. He first had to conquer death. That's why the Bible says he conquered death. It's because now it's been conquered in us. It does not mean, guys, that conquered death means, oh good, we get to live in eternity. That's one of the byproducts of it. But our stinky old man has been conquered. And that goes back to, guys, he's done the work, hasn't he? Now, I want to make sure you guys understand that it's not like what he says at the very first verse in uh, verse 1 of chapter 6 of Romans. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Like, hey, great news. I'm resurrected. There's new life. Now I have grace, and, and it's not about me trying hard to be a good Christian. And Paul addresses that, and he says, no, don't go there, guys. Don't be like, hey, it's grace is everything. Now I get to act how I want to. Unfortunately, we still have this flesh that combats, and we have the enemy that comes at us. We have the world, like what First John says, right? We have those three things coming at us. And so that's why Jesus says, pick it up. If you're picking it up, you're not leaving it behind, are you? Or throwing it up ahead, like as if you could get there and like, okay, I'll walk up to it because this thing's miserable. I don't want to die to myself. And it's so cool that God didn't say, hey, you know what, guys? That's done and over with. While you guys walk on the rest of this life, don't worry about the cross anymore. No, he says you guys need to grab it. You rich young ruler, here's what your problem. Here's the one thing that you lack. You need to go sell everything because that's what's keeping between me and you. But I want you to pick up your cross and I want you to follow me. So is Jesus asking you guys to do the same. When it comes down to it and what you guys have been applying to your life, when you guys are trying to escape sin, trying to be a, a good person, you know, all these things are good. They're good, aren't they? We, we want to do that. But how is it being applied in our lives? How are we trying to achieve that? And if you guys have been throwing a lot of different religious stuff at it, rules at it, your own trying to, you know, formula of here's how to be a good person formula, or next time I'm tempted with this sin, here's what I'm going to do, give it up, guys. You got to die. And by dying, that's absolutely just mean, Jesus Christ, you have to absolutely rule. You have to be that Lord in my life. Take control. Holy Spirit, go throughout my life and, and weed everything out that shouldn't be there. This is going to hurt so bad, <laughs> right? Because there are some things that, that we've come over and we, we've glossed over in our lives, and we've now gotten to such a place in our lives where we've made it such a thing that it's okay to do that. Some of the stuff that we let ourselves watch. I mean, what? That doesn't bother me anymore. That, that doesn't cause me to lust anymore. You know, I don't have a problem. Guys, don't fool yourselves. Don't, don't do that. You've got to die to self and just be chasing after him. Be careful on what you've glossed over and how the conscience has been seared. Take it back to him and let him deal with it. So, going back over to Mark, I want to look at this guy again as, we, as he approaches Jesus.
And put yourself in his shoes. If you guys are about to approach Jesus, here's this guy that's been healing people. He's been doing awesome things. Things that nobody else has ever seen done. He's claiming that he can forgive sins. He's been challenged on it, so he gets a guy to walk. And now you get to come face to face with him. And you come up to him and you say, good teacher, because you know Jesus is good. How is the approach? Lord, I need to die to myself. Or so many times has it been the same thing. God, I've got all this stuff figured out. I'm I'm having kind of a hard time with this. Can you help me out? That sounds good, doesn't it? Hey, I got this stuff figured out. Can you help me with this? That's not the way Jesus works. That's why I say it's coming to him humbly. God, I haven't figured these out. The other things that are accomplished in my life have been absolutely through you. I don't want to touch your glory. You're the one that's dealt with this. I need help in this area now. How do I deal with this? How do I die to myself? And then I ask you guys to hold on tight when you do that. Because there's going to be some situations that come up and <laughs> it hurts. It hurts so bad. And let me just give you guys a little example of what, how this might look. You're doing great. You're talking to people about how awesome Jesus is in your life. And it's so truthful. He is. And you're walking along and you're like, oh, it's so good to be in you, Jesus Christ. It's so good to have you on me. Like where it says, put on Jesus Christ. God, just make me so much closer with you, Jesus. I want to I walk so close with you. I'm so excited about this. And he goes, okay. And then you have this horribly unjust time come on you. Maybe you're accused of stuff that's so foreign You've been given this character that isn't your character at all, but it's just off of a whim. This is your character. Maybe people are bad talking to you behind your back. And you know what? This is all okay because a lot of times what we'll do is we'll be like, yeah, the world's going to do that to us. The thing that I'm disappointed is that Paul never said, this is going to be the people in your church. (laughs) This is going to be your brothers and sisters. This might even be your pastor that's going to hurt you. Are you still going to fall after me and keep silent and not try to justify yourself in the whole situation? You're going to have people coming up and telling you how bad it is, the situation you've gone through. And you know what? It feels good. You can go and you can cry to somebody and say, you know what? This is what happened to me. This is horrible. This is what my pastor did to me. Can you believe this? He's lied. He's done all these things to me. And guess what? They're going to be like, oh my gosh. How did you go through that? It's like, let me tell you. Stupid pride. I'm telling you, this is okay. This is personal experience. I'm just saying to you guys, this is not a story being made up. This is my own life. It's ridiculous because it gets into this place where it's sad because the focus is on self once again. Even though it looks like you're dying to self, it looks like you're going through this process. But every time you tell your story, you're excited about somebody being sad for you. And there's no growth. You're not dealing with it. That whole prayer that you said, God, help me to be so much closer to you. It went out the window, and now it's all about me and how I'm getting my feelings hurt. Be careful, guys. The thing is, is we really get to see who we are in Jesus Christ when we go through unjust times, right? When we go through unjust times, when it's not fair, we really get to see who we are in Jesus Christ, because the world says, you better stand up for yourself and break their nose. Don't you ever let anybody treat you that way. You're better than that. Don't don't do that. (laughs) You're such a weak person if you do that. And I look at Jesus, and you know what the times that he stood up? When people were going against his father's words. That's when he got upset. That's when he got angry, right? I've never made any whip. 
and beat people with it. I mean, that's pretty, <laughs> go Jesus, right? But when you see Jesus personally attacked, what happened? He was silent. He was silent, wasn't he? Or he'd say just a few words. What a great example. Jesus was showing us before he even got to the cross how to die to self, wasn't he? So good to see what Jesus has given us an example of. And praise God of what he's going to do with us. If you guys let him, I'll just tell you, especially you younger people, and you're probably sick of me hearing this since now I'm, I'm teaching you all the time as your youth pastor, but give your life completely to him, every little bit of it, and then you better hold on tight because you're going to go some crazy places with him. It is so much fun to do that and to give it to him and see him change you. You're going to go through some of the hardest times you've ever gone through. But your character is going to be built up and it's going to be awesome. Where people that knew you before will not recognize you. Family members will start coming up and asking you, what in the world happened to you? <laughs> like you used to scream at me before when I'd say this or do this, and now you're just sitting there. What's your problem? What are you thinking in your head? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm, yeah, it's, just, it's just good. I just don't get that way anymore. Praise God. So cool the testimony that's given, isn't it? We're going to end up, well, we'll see if it's a little early. But go ahead and, and uh, if the worship team wants to come up as we close. And uh, we'll have you guys come up too for prayer. But as we went through this, I hope the Holy Spirit has spoken to you guys. And just what do we do? How do we connect with Jesus Christ? Remember that simple as a child, guys. Trust him. Absolutely trust him. He's so good to you. Get everything out of the way, guys. Wholeheartedly come before him. Don't be false in what you're submitting to him. Be completely honest with him and give your whole heart, give it all up to him. And the last thing is, guys, be humble in it. Jesus knows who you are. Go pick up that cross. It's an exciting thing to follow after him and desire after him and to chase after him. And as we have this prayer time, go before him. Have him search your heart. I know, I hope I didn't scare you guys about saying, you know, give it all to him, and then you're going to have some stuff come. It's good. It's good, and that's what your church body is here to encourage you guys as you go through that. Not to give you pity and stuff, but to encourage you and say, God is awesome, hold on tight. You're going to do some awesome things, and your character is going to be changed through this time. And that's what it is to put on Jesus Christ and to pick up our cross and follow him, right? Let me pray. Lord, we just love you and thank you so much. Lord, we just ask you continue to help us understand what you're, you, you say in your scriptures. And Lord, we want to be after you. Lord, we want to die to ourselves. That's a... You know, and even if it's sometimes it's kind of like we know that's what we're supposed to say, Lord, we really we ask that you would help us to do that. We want to be about your business. It's such a short time that we live here on this earth, Lord. And I know as we get into eternity, it's going to be one of those things. It's like, wow, such a short time. Why wasn't I just living so much fuller for you? And maybe it's not that way. Maybe we just don't have regrets, and that's probably the way. But, Lord, I just think even now I don't want to have that. And, Lord, so just get myself out of the way. Help these guys as they come before you in this prayer time. Um, just that they lay it before you and that they get themselves out of the way and let you do the work in their lives. And it's an exciting thing, Lord. You show us over and over in the Old Testament of what you did for people that were just completely, just take a hold of you. You did powerful and mighty things. You did such awesome things to them, Lord, and we just thank you so much for that example you've given us. Lord, and we want to ask that you just lead us and guide us, and I just pray for everybody in this room, Lord, that they could just be your light and shine so bright and be bold for you, Lord and be able to share this with others as they go out and encourage other believers, hey, get your cross, and let's go together. And we just pray this in your name. Amen.